Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. I want to say uh, on behalf of uh, our whole team here, our staff, pastors, those that uh, give our lives all week, every week to uh, serving you guys, that uh, we want to honor all the moms of the house and say happy Mother's Day. Come on, give a hand to all the moms in the house. You would not be here without mama. Say amen to that. That's a fact and a truth. Without mama, you don't exist. And I'm grateful. I want to read a passage of scripture in honor of the moms. My mom would have been 97 if she were still alive, and uh, my wife is still alive, and I'm not going to tell you how old she is. (laughs) But 41 years ago today, our son Nathan was born and made my wife a mother, and uh, so it's a double honor today for us to celebrate the birth of Nathan, 41 years. Wow, seems like only 41 years ago. (laughs) Sometimes it seems like yesterday, but sometimes it's been a long time. But uh, I uh, was just meditating uh, this week on Proverbs. You know it, you've heard it, you've read it. But I want to read you just a few verses out of Proverbs 31. This is uh, in honor of all the moms in this house today. Verse 10, who can find a virtuous wife? I did. For her worth is far above rubies, and I had no rubies when I got her. I'm just adding my little tidbits to this. Rubies, diamonds, or anything else. Like, uh, fake, fake jewelry was what I could afford. But the heart of her husband safely trusts her. My wife walked in the other day smiling uh, with a really faded envelope dated 43 years ago by yours truly. Just a uh, month or so after we were married and I was in the Air Force and sent off on a TDY to jump master school up at Fort Benning where I was going to uh, learn how to kick people out of the airplane instead of just jump myself. And so uh, she came in smiling and I said, what's that? She said something you wrote. And uh, so I read it. It was two pages of mush. You're wonderful, you're great, you're honorable, you're amazing, you're everything. Just two pages of it. And I'm in every word, even to this day. She's all those things. The heart of her husband. You know, in the letter, I said, and I am so thankful you're loyal trustworthy. I don't know where that came from. I was only married for a month. (laughs) Wasn't like I was fearing or doubting anything, but for some reason, those words, while I was up on a base in Fort Benning, meant something to me. Faithfulness. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. Verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice In time to come, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 
Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. I want to invite all the moms of the house to stand, if you will, right where you are. Just stand up so we can see you. And we're going to give you an ovation again of thanks. Thank you for being great moms. All right, Dana, you cheering on all the other moms? All right, all right. Thank you, moms. If you're a grandmother, you should have stood because you couldn't be a grandmother unless you were first a mother. So anyhow, just saying. But uh, for all of you moms-to-be, it is a wonderful and great thing, Uh, the kingdom of God. I was looking at my own life, and and obviously many of us did not have perfect mothers, but uh, we have a perfect God that loved us and gave us moms, and many moms have gone through so much pain of their own and sorrow, and yet in the midst of it, uh, they did their best to love and to care for and provide, and uh, my mom was a lot of things, and one thing she was, she, she worked, she did whatever it took to provide food on the table, and she worked hard and made embarrassing clothes that we had to wear, (laughs) but uh, at least we had something uh, to wear. So anyhow, bless all of you moms today. That's my Mother's Day message to you, okay? Now I'm going to continue in the Word. Open up your Bibles, if you would, this morning, or your smartphones, or your smart pads, or whatever you have, and uh, we're, we're, we're hanging out in John chapter 14, as last week we got through John 14, uh, the first half of the first verse. Um, I'm planning on going a little further today, and uh, so we're going to at least get down into John uh, verse 6 and 7. But I just want to start reading John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. I'll pause there just for a moment. Those First four verses, you realize again, I shared this last week, the disciples, the 12 that Jesus had handpicked, as you know, there were many others almost constantly with Christ. Matter of fact, I was reading this week where it said that Jesus uh, turned to the 70, not the 12, to the 70, and he sent them out two by two, and he gave them instruction what to do, why to do it, how to do it, and what not to do in the midst of them being sent out. And then he turned to the 12 and began to speak to them and further uh, instruction in them. But you realize as we read this, we have so much that the disciples did not have. They did not get the things Jesus was writing. And the reason they didn't 
was very clear, and he spoke it much in John 14, 15, 16, and then prayed this powerful prayer in John chapter 17, last recorded prayer of Christ. And he, and he gives instruction even in his prayer. He's praying to the Father, but he's praying to the Father about you and me. And he, he prays, he takes a moment, and through a few verses in John 17, he actually prays for his disciples, but then he goes on and prays for those who are going to come. That's you and I. And I love what he prayed because it was so powerful. He prayed that you and I would know God. Wow. If there's anything as a pastor, any desire that I have, it all begins with a desire to help you to know God. Not to know about God. See, everybody can know about God. I grew up in church being told about God. But Jesus takes it so much deeper, even in his prayer. He says, Father, that they may know you the way I know you. Wow. I'll never forget, maybe 10, 15 years ago, preaching John 17, and after giving my life to the Lord at eight years of age, being water baptized at eight, being called into the ministry at eight, being filled with the Holy Spirit at 18, being released into this ministry at 30 years of age, and preaching for some 15 years, it was during a, a, a season when I was preaching John 17, for the very first time in my life, I got this full revelation that I had the right and the privilege to know God. And then not just know about him, not just to read the stories. As we, as a church family, are reading through the Bible again this year, and I trust that you are. If you're not reading what I'm reading, it's fine. But I pray that you are reading the Word every single day of your life. I love over the last three years that I have not missed a day in the Word seeking to know the Father. And you, well, you, you say, well, pastor, how, how is it that you could say we have something that disciples didn't have? Because until Jesus departed and ascended to the right hand of the Father, they did not have the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus said, it's imperative that I go. I mean, you think about Jesus, our Redeemer, our Savior, our Healer, our Deliverer. The one who took a whipping so we could be healed. The one who went to the cross and died so we could have salvation. Jesus knew. <laughs> this gets the religious folks all the time. Jesus knew that he wasn't enough. Feel the wind. Jesus said, I got to go. So the promised one, the Father will send. Because without him, you're never fully going to know God. Without the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, when people around you start talking down the Holy Spirit, you need to use that as an exodus out of their presence. When people start mocking the Holy Spirit of God, you need to leave them quickly because that is a dangerous place to reside. Without the Holy Spirit, we're just banging our heads against the law, trying how to figure out 
who God is. But the Holy Spirit, he comes to live in you, to dwell, to talk to you, just like I'm talking to you. He comes to talk to you. He comes to comfort you when you're hurting. This week, many of us have hurt because of loss. And man, I have relied upon the Holy Spirit of God. See, it's all right to hurt. As long as we're human beings still living on this earth, we are going to hurt. Every time somebody we love goes through something, it affects us. I hurt. I hurt. And the deeper you love, deeper the hurt. Sometimes you feel like, I can't get out of bed. I can't even hardly breathe the pain of loss. Oh, I'm so thankful that Holy Spirit knows how to show up. Just right on time. Just right on time. He just shows up, comforts, speaks a word, encourages. And all of a sudden, the breath of God, the freshness of God. See, for some folks, they might think, wow, pastor's really getting mystical this morning. Just passing through this world. And the only thing that really matters is that which has eternal value. See, the car I'm driving right now, it's a nice car. Has no eternal value. It's sitting in the parking lot right now as I'm speaking, depreciating. Is that the right word? I ain't doing nothing to it, and it's just losing value right now. If it doesn't have eternal value, it has no value. And when we come to understand that, then we invite that presence of the Holy Spirit of God to speak to us what does have value. Yesterday I was doing a prayer walk and ran into one of my precious neighbors, her and her dog, Pepper. Pepper loves me. Pepper wants to lick. Pepper wants to put his paws on the side of my brand new truck that's depreciating. It's actually depreciated more since Pepper came into my life. There's a couple of... Love marks. Matter of fact, I was driving out this morning. Miss Polly was walking it. I slowed down just enough to say, Pepper, don't touch my car. I love you, Miss Polly. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Kept on driving. I knew I couldn't afford to stop because it was going to depreciate even more. But to know him. Jesus says, I need to go. So the one, the promised one, say the promised one. will come. Verse 5, John 14. Thomas says to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, so how can we know the way? I told you last week I love John chapter 14 because uh, the whole chapter outside of Philip and Thomas, one other, it's all in red. So if you ever wanted to hear the voice of the Lord, read the red out loud. You can add music to it. 
soft music, elevator music, you know, worship music. You just put something in the background and then just start reading John 14 out loud. And all of a sudden, when you begin to envision Jesus speaking, you literally can just close your eyes and just act like he's sitting on a stool in front of you, and it's just you and him. Because that's how personal he wants to be with you. Can more than seven of you say amen? He wants to be personal with you. He wants, he wants you to understand. He wants, he wants to talk to you. He wants to share with you the things that have eternal value. And, and so he's talking to the disciples and he says, where I go, you know, and the way you know, and the disciples are like, come on, Lord, seriously, would you stop talking in parables? <laughs> Just tell it like it is. And he says, verse six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, you don't get to the Father through First Baptist, First Assembly of God, First Church of the whatever. You don't get there through the Catholic Church or the non-denominational church. You don't get there through the rock except the rock Christ Jesus. There, there's only one way to the Father. And he uses all these families, the Rock family, First Baptist family, First Methodist family, Episcopal family, Catholic family. See, as long as you pursue Christ, you get to be a part of his family. Oh, you might carry a name on this earth, just like whatever your last name is. You are the son and the daughter of the Smiths. Suzanne, yesterday... We got a phone call and found out that her uncle Mickey Gilly passed away yesterday. 86 years old, precious man, just, just called Suzanne a couple of months ago on her birthday and sang happy birthday to her. Just a precious uncle that we all love dearly because of the way he loved Suzanne's mom. Took care of his big sister. He was the he was the baby of his family. There were a bunch of brothers, and then Suzanne's mom, and then an oops, 11 years later. Oops, Mickey Gilly came along. Many of you know that name, Mickey Gilly, Jerry Lee Lewis, Jimmy Swaggart. All three boys were first cousins, raised together, learned to play the piano together. And yesterday, as uh, I was reading through uh, a couple of articles about him. I thought it was interesting because both of them stated in there he was the son of Arthur and Irene Gilly. Before Mickey became famous, it was G-I-L-L-Y, Gilly. But when he became famous, he threw an E in there and named it Gilly and renamed his whole clan. <laughs> Because he wasn't going to be Mickey Gilly, a country music star. He was Mickey Gilly, country music star. But he was the son of. And Jesus says to the disciples, he said, where I am going, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas says, Lord, we, 
come on, you got to give us a break. We don't know where in the world you're going. So how would we know how to get there? And that's when he proclaims this powerful truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I want to hang out here for a moment and talk about, first of all, he said, he's the way. You ever been lost? Every man in the house. And every wife in the house says, honey, can we just pull over? Even with the modern GPS, we can still, my wife every once in a while, she'll go off. I said, now, honey, you know where to go and you know how to get there. And you got your GPS in case you, you, you forget and you can't remember. And, and so she'll call me and she'll say, the GPS is sending me this way. And, and I'm going, no, don't, no, no, stop. And, 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 and we have a discussion. Because my wife doesn't like to be lost. She likes to know the way. And, and when she doesn't know the way, she can get frustrated. So I'm trying to tell her the way. But she hangs up on me. Now, she's only done this a few times in our whole 43 years of marriage, okay? So it's not like she hangs up on me. But, but, but I can sense what's going on. She's got to find a place to pull over because she's in the middle of construction and Miss Siri is lost. Siri, Alexi, Alexis, Alexa. Pride goes before the fall. And they're arrogant, and they will lead you astray. <laughs> Every once in a while, I walk through my house, and I'll hear a crackle, like a crackle. And I realize that in the kitchen, Sari, Sarah, Cerise, Sally. Is listening. She ain't got no right to be listening. I'm about to unplug her for good. But Jesus said, I am the way. The problem is we got thousands of religion that say, no, 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 we're the way. See, hear me, be careful. We can, we can say, well, it's the Buddhist or the Muhammad or, or this God or that God. No, no, even in the Christian faith, there are people that think, they have the way. And if the way doesn't consist 100% on Jesus the Christ, then you've gotten off into dangerous territory. So you're not going to find the way to the Father through perfect doctrine. Because the minute you think you got it, you're so imperfect that you're going to mess up a perfect doctrine. Jesus is the only way. And it's not Jesus and Jesus plus. Nope. It's Jesus. He's the way. So anything that comes into my spirit, anything that comes into my mind, any word that's contrary to me surrendering everything to the way, Christ Jesus. 
It's heresy. It'll mess you up. You'll follow some man and you'll get highly disappointed. Because if it doesn't lead back to Christ, he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He knows all things, everything, and he's wanting to lead us if we're willing to follow. He said, I am the way. So when we're lost and we don't know what to do, we have to learn to run to Christ. When we're confused about the way, we have to run to Christ. And as long as you're running to Christ, I promise you, you'll never get off on the wrong road. You can pursue other ways to the Father. Oh, I got to get my confession right. I, I got to believe this doctrine. I got to change this thing. I got to respond this way. No, no. You just need to run to Jesus and rest. Just learn how to, if I had a stool, I'd pull it up here right now and just sit down and rest. Because the pursuing of law never brings peace. I have tried the law way of serving God. It's miserable. You can't ever do it well enough. Good enough. You're going to mess up. But see, when I'm in Jesus and he's the way, then when I mess up, guess what? I have an attorney. I have an attorney at the right hand of the Father. Make an intercession on my behalf. Father, he's messed up again, but my blood has already made a way. He, he, he's done gone down the wrong road again, but, but Father, I just want to remind you my blood made a way for him. And I can come back to Christ my way. Say hello to whoever it is. I'm the way. So we have to turn to him. Then he says, I am the truth. There are so many facts today. So many voices. Hear me, I got a word for the Rock of Gainesville today. There are so many voices that are trying to get to you and mess you up. Mess up who you're joined to and who you're committed to and who you walk with and who God's knitted you to, not because they're perfect, not because you're perfect, but because he has a perfect plan. Family is God's business. And I want to tell you to separate yourself or to allow yourself to be separated from the family of God is to be separated from the truth of Christ. That's why we have so many marriage breakups in the Christian faith. We can justify whatever, we can take this Bible and justify whatever we want to justify as long as Jesus is not the way, the truth, and the life. We can make it say whatever, we can find the scripture to justify doing whatever we want to do. It is scary. Unless we come back to Jesus. He'll lead me to the way. And the truth 
when you hunger for truth, what you're hungering for is Jesus. <clears throat> Somebody told me recently, they just needed truth, more truth. Then you need more Jesus. You don't need more doctrine. Y'all hear me? There's, there's not going to be some perfect scripture in there. There's only Jesus. And he will help you, hear me, even when you get messed up with your doctrine a little bit. Man, aren't you glad that God is not limited in his love for you to you understanding fully? Hey, wait, 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 wait. You understanding fully what the disciples who were walking with Jesus could not understand? Three years, every day, having breakfast, lunch, and supper, sitting around the fire. That's a lot of chatting. I mean, the sun goes down, the fire goes up, they start chatting. And they chat till they go to sleep, and then they wake up when the sun rises. There ain't no phones, there's no GPS, there's no iPads, there's no nothing but Jesus. Y'all got to hear me this morning. And it still wasn't enough. I mean, they saw every miracle. Could you imagine how your faith would just blast off? Jess, my daughter-in-law, was going to work the other morning to the hospital at um, early, early hour, way before daybreak. So like 545. And she's driving east on Newberry Road where it's just beautiful blue sunrise is just an hour away, just enough light, and she thought Jesus was coming. <laughs> I wish I'd have had the picture this morning throwing it up here. You'd have thought Jesus was coming too. Just let go of the steering wheel and say, sweet Jesus. Don't forget my family. I'm on my way to work. Make sure they're, they're, they're going with me. I mean, it was this massive ball of fire in the sky to the east. Somewhere in there it says something about he's coming in the east. That's why we bury everybody. Did y'all know this? Y'all didn't know this, did you? We bury everybody with their head facing the east. All Christians in America are buried facing the east, waiting for Christ to come. Y'all didn't know that, did you? I feel so good this morning. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I know something. Well, that's what 40 years of ministry will do. I didn't know that either until one day I was standing beside Apostle Ball and he was doing one of his magnificent things and he's just, he was master of ceremony and he was just master of stuff. And, and he said, I want you to go with me to the, to the graveside and, and just stand beside me and just watch and listen. And, and so I carried his Bible for him. We got there and, and then I saw the man come and whispered something in pastor's ear and then we moved around to the other side of the casket and that's where we stood and that's where pastor spoke and everything's going on. And later I got in the car and said, pastor, why, why did we move? He looked at me like, didn't you learn anything in Bible college? <laughs> we moved to the side of the head because it's always facing the east. Want to see Jesus when he comes? Well, Jess thought Jesus was coming. She, was, she readied her heart and prayed her family into, y'all come on, we're going. <laughs> She found out later at work, Jesus hadn't come yet. It, it, it was actually a uh, spaceship 
had blasted off. And literally, you could see the tail of it in the picture when you blow it up. You could see the tail of it coming back to the earth. Woo! Get your heart going on it. Because there are times right now in my life, Suzanne and I, I mean, 40 years ago when I started the ministry, I'd read about Paul saying, Lord, come soon. I'd say, Lord, don't come yet. <laughs> I got a lot I want to do. I don't pray that anymore. I mean, there are times Suzanne and I just say, Lord Jesus, come now. Lord Jesus, I know that you don't even know when you're coming, but could you talk to the Father? <laughs> I mean, I'm ready. But he's not coming yet because the truth is the Father wants more sons and daughters. That's it. That's the only reason that Christ has not yet come. Jesus said, I am the way and I am the truth. There are many facts, but truth is only found in Christ Jesus. Truth that brings peace and clarity, purpose, direction. Truth that literally will establish our feet on solid ground. And lastly, Jesus said, I am the life. Life was created by Father God and the only life that has eternal value is wrapped up in Christ Jesus. That's why on Wednesday night here at our service, most of you get our E-lines. If you do not get the Rock E-line on a weekly basis, you should ask somebody and they'll tell you how to do it. But you, you, you need to submit your email address so things are important in our house. We get the word out through the E-line. And this week we had to send out a very sad E-line, and then Wednesday night I stood up here and announced what we as a body were dealing with. And, and as I talked about death and life, all of a sudden, literally for the first time in my life as I, I'm standing there and this thought came into my heart was that we as Christians, Christ followers, those who worship the one who not only died but didn't stay in the grave. The one who rose from the dead, the only God. Muhammad is still dead. Buddha, still dead. Every God made by man is dead, except Christ Jesus, because he wasn't made by man. He came from the Father. He said, I am the life. But I stood here and I announced that as Christians, we're the only people that can both mourn and rejoice at the same time. We can sorrow, deep sorrow. I mean, tears of temporal loss. Temporal loss. You know, I still think about my sister, Cheryl, on a regular basis. Yesterday, when Suzanne, we found out Suzanne's uncle had passed away, she sent a text to the kids and she said, interestingly, all day today, I've just thought about my mama. She was a great mother, phenomenal mother-in-law. But as Christians, we both mourn and rejoice. We have to rejoice with those who have gone before us 
Who in their right mind is going to pray that somebody comes back? Don't, don't practice raising the dead when I leave y'all. Okay? Y'all come, you celebrate, woo, love Jesus. Cry a little bit. Just make me feel, because I'm going to be in heaven watching. But don't. We had a visitor Easter Sunday, and he's an anesthesiologist at Shands. And I was talking to him, and I said to him, Bobby, whenever I have to have surgery, and Dr. J.R. can tell you this to be the truth, you have to be careful putting me out because I start seeing the light, and I'm hard to wake up. I mean, they just, they're pulling my toes. They're talking to me. They're trying to tick. I mean, anything to get me awake. But when I'm really gone, and there's no question that I'm gone, don't be practicing raising the dead on me. I don't want to go through that twice. I mean, you think about it. You don't ever hear about Lazarus' second death. I mean, the guy knew what to look forward to. I mean, he, he had already been there. And Jesus raised a lot of people from the dead. A lot of Christian ministries have raised people from the dead. Just don't practice on me because once I'm gone, I know I'm gone. And I don't want to come back. Why would you want to come back to anything the world has to offer when you're in the presence of the only one that matters, the Christ? Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Philip said to him, Lord, verse 8, show us the Father and it's sufficient for us. And Jesus said, have I been with you so long, Philip, and yet you have not known me? He who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, show us the Father? Today, everything is about Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. And this morning, if all you have is a knowledge of God, you're a good person and, and, and you try to do good stuff, but you do not have a personal relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit of God today is tugging at your heart's door. He's knocking at your door because there'll come a time when He can't knock anymore. There'll come a time in all of our lives when our life on this earth is over. And there will be no mulligan there will be no plan B. There will be nobody praying you out of purgatory. The decisions you have made on this earth will be final. Do you know the Father? Because He created you in His image and likeness. And He loves you more than you can ever even comprehend. God loves you. He loves you so much that He gave His Son Jesus, the Christ, to come to this earth to die so that his blood would cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And all you have to do is acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I invite you. I can't be God any longer in my life. I'm a horrible God. You're a horrible God. You need a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus the Christ. It's not about becoming religious. It's not about, well, I got to stop this and don't do this anymore and, and, and I got to give up that. No, no, no. All you have to do is surrender to Jesus. 
He'll take care of all the cleaning up. It's his business. You become his. And he'll begin to pour his life into you and things that you think you have to give up now. Later, you'll begin to realize, I get to give up that mess because that mess is just messing with me anyhow. There's something greater. His name is Jesus. Would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes? Believers, would you pray for a moment with us? And I just want to say, those of you that are watching online, thank you. And if today you need to make this decision in your home, in your car, wherever you are today, you can pray this prayer in just a moment with us and invite Jesus. If you're in this room and Jesus today is not yet Lord of your life, I want to invite you. All you have to do is lift up your hand in a moment and then I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. And in that prayer, you're going to invite Jesus to be the way to the Father for you. Invite him by simply praying a prayer, confessing Jesus, acknowledging him as the Son of God. And then everything else will belong to the Father concerning your life. He will help you, teach you, comfort you, strengthen you, and we as a body will surround you. This morning, right here, right now, if that's you in this place, be my privilege today to lead you in this prayer. Invite Jesus to be Lord of your life. Every head's bowed, believers are praying, but this is between you and the Father right now. If that's you, and I can pray with you today, would you just lift up your hand across this congregation? Let me recognize it. Let me lead you in a prayer in just a moment before the Father. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. This is the moment. Yes, sir, God bless you. Yes, dear, God bless you. Who else this morning? Yes, sir, you can put it down once I see it. Today, Jesus is ready. He's already paid the price. He's ready to go to the Father on your behalf. This morning, you're ready to receive him. Yes, my dear, God bless you. I love it when little, little ones want to invite Jesus to be Lord of their life. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He loves you today. Anyone else quickly before I lead us in prayer? Join with me then and pray this prayer out loud. Those of you that raised your hand, those that are watching online, join this congregation as we acknowledge Jesus today to be your Lord and Savior. Father God, come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge today that I need a Savior. And so I invite you, Jesus, come into my heart. I confess my sin. I bring it all to you at the altar. I surrender my life, my being, Everything that is within me, I surrender to you, Jesus. And I invite you to be my Lord. I invite you to be my Savior. I receive you by faith. Confess with my mouth. And today I believe with my heart that you, Jesus, are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so... I say thank you for loving me, bringing me to this place in my life. And I acknowledge today that you are indeed the way, 
the truth, and the life. I invite Holy Spirit to come live within me. I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise this morning for His goodness. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.